Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Creative Control presents this episode of Long Night with Vish Khanna, recorded live at the Great Hall in Toronto on Friday, February 13th, 2015, as part of the Long Winter Arts Festival. Coming to you live from the Great Hall in Toronto, Canada, it's Long Night with Fish Khanna. On the show tonight, host of the Canada Land podcast, Jesse Brown. Comedian David Hetty is here. We've got musician Lisa Conway. The Bicycles are your hype band. My name is James Keast. And please welcome to the stage, the man who's running through the six with his woes, Bisha Khanna! Hello, hi everybody, welcome to Long Night. It's good to be here, it's Friday night. It's long winter, it's freezing outside. I have a three and a half year old son and a two-month-old daughter, and I gotta tell you, I'm very excited to be outside of my house. It feels pretty good. Are there any parents here tonight? Any parents? None. Man, you are in for a treat. Are there any people here who actually like their parents? I'm I'm trying to be a good parent, I'm trying to be a, a good dad, but I gotta confess, there's lots of things about being a dad that uh, are taking me a bit by surprise. For, for example, I was not uh, expecting the endless amounts of unsolicited nudity that I encounter every day. Yeah, it's, it's like my house became this strange, hilarious nudist resort, but no one told me we were going clothing optional, and I, I'm not sure how to do, I guess there's probably a reason why no one told me. Um, now, I just, before I get into this next thing, I want to be clear here. Whenever a debate comes up about um, nursing in public or breastfeeding in public, I am always on the side of the mothers, right? That, it's ridiculous. The way we are with women's bodies, sexualizing women's bodies, it's crazy. And I think it needs to stop, frankly. You know, I think it's a beautiful, natural thing. Having said that, If you told me five years ago that every day at breakfast in the morning, at dinner at night, 
I would see my wife's naked breasts. First of all, I'd have a lot of questions for you. That is weird information gathering that you've done. <laughs> but, but secondly, I wouldn't have believed you. I'm a, I'm a straight man, as you can tell <laughs> by the haircut I got today. I'm a straight male, and for my entire life, I've been enamored of the naked female form. And when I say enamored, I mean I will seek it out at any cost or peril. Who's with me on that? Aren't women lovely? But now that I'm at the kitchen table and it's there all the time, I'm, I'm just kind of desensitized. I'm, you know, they show up and I'm just like, great, big boobs again. Is there, are there more pancakes? I, I'm still hungry. Like it doesn't, it's like I'm not myself anymore. My son, is also uh, discovering his body. I mentioned he's three and a half, and, uh, and mostly what this consists of is him insisting on showing me how far he can stretch his tiny penis every few days. <laughs> and I don't know if it's made of rubber or what's going on. That kid's got elasticity on that thing. It's kind of like he's trying to turn on a lawnmower. He's just like cranking on it, and I don't know if that's right. The other day, I was doing the dishes and out of the corner of my eye, my son kind of just like appeared buck naked in the middle of the afternoon. And he kind of streaked by me in the kitchen and I, I kind of called after him and I said, hey, wh what are you doing? And he, on his lap back, he just with this beautiful grin on his face said, I'm looking for my stick. And so it seems that despite our best efforts, my wife and I are now raising a small talking dog, <laughs> which is, not good either. No, actually my, uh, my son is really fun. Uh, we've been bonding a lot, uh, particularly since the birth of my daughter. My daughter is only two months old and she seems nice enough. Uh, I'm just saying we don't have a rapport yet. She's just basically a sleeping, eating, pooping, and peeing machine and that's fine. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I just don't feel like she's a team player quite yet. I think she's gonna grow into it. But my son and I bond over music. My son's favorite bands are the Ramones and ACDC, which I think we can, someone odd, which is weird. I was gonna say, I think we can all agree those are great role models for a three and a half year old, right? The Ramones and ACDC. He memorizes songs all the time. And one of his favorite Ramones songs is 53rd and 3rd. Does anyone know this song from the first album? Colin Medley up front. So he was singing it and my wife was trying to parse out what he was saying and what the song might be about. So I had to explain to her that 53rd and 3rd is this jaunty, heartwarming, working class ditty about being a male prostitute. And it didn't, uh, it didn't go over very well. Uh, my son is also uh, really now into ACDC and um, among the uh, songs that he really loves. Well, to be honest, he's kind of confused a couple of songs. He got, She's Got Balls, confused with Big Balls. And the music snob in me was just like, dude, get it together, they're different songs, what's your problem? But then I found myself absurdly explaining to my son what the songs were about. So I was like, uh, She's Got Balls. It's about a confident young woman. And uh, Big Balls, uh, it refers to a time when people Sophisticated people put together fancy dance parties and argued about who had the biggest balls of all. 
And I think, I think, uh, I think he got it. My, uh, my son and I are really obsessed with the Bon Scott era of AC. Does anyone know ACDC? There was like a Bon Scott period, and then he passed away, and then Brian Johnson is on Back in Black, which is like a big record. But my son and I have only really engaged with the early ACDC. So, so about Highway to Hell and Back, for those of you who are ACDC fans or want to check out their discography when you get home. Anyway, the other night I thought it would be fun to show him ACDC on the Grammys. Did anyone see ACDC on the Grammys the other night? You a Grammys crowd? Probably not. <laughs> but I put it on for him, and this is the first time he'd ever seen Brian Johnson, and he was just confronted by two things. One, that Bon Scott is dead, <laughs> which was a heavy day for my son. And two, ACDC are now extremely old, like a crazy old. So he just like was pointing at the screen, being like, Papa, ACDC is so old. And I just said, yeah, well, just be thankful we can't see their balls, because the only thing between you and some serious trauma right now is that guy's tiny shorts. That's, and I, I think he was into it. Anyway, he's really into Bon Scott, so much so that last month he and I were tooling around Guelph, and we ran into a friend of mine, and my friend said, hey, hey, buddy, how's it going? I'm Dan, who are you? And my kid just goes, I'm Bon Scott, and then he just walks away. Just walked to the other side of the room like no other explanation was necessary. Yeah, I'm Bon Scott, I'm gonna be singing shirtless in the corner in a few minutes. Maybe you should get a good seat. But you do have to be careful what you expose your kids to. I've learned that as a new dad. I uh, was homesick the other day, and my kid happened to be home from daycare as well. And I heard him and my wife and, and my daughter, who's great. I don't want to disparage my daughter. I know earlier I suggested she was just a useless lump, but <laughs> she's very lovely. You'll all see someday. Anyway, I could hear my son downstairs singing an ACDC song called Girls Got Rhythm. But he doesn't know all the words, so it was just my son over and over again yelling, she's got the backseat rhythm! backseat rhythm, just over and over again. And from another floor in the house, I could hear my wife wince and shake her head. <laughs> and then I can only assume after that, she exposed her giant life-giving breasts. <laughs> hey, you're a great crowd. We've got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> from Canada land, Jesse Brown will be on the program. We also have comedian David Hetty is gonna come up here and show you how it's really done. And we have the music of Lisa Conway. We're gonna take a quick break and then I believe we have members of the audience who are gonna participate in a game. No one? Please participate in this game. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Take it away, bicycles. Thanks for being here, everybody. Get ready for Kazoo Fest 2015, taking place throughout Guelph between April 8th and 12th. Musical acts include Deerhoof, Home Shake, Last X, Fedre, Scott Merritt, Tyvek, Lido Pimienta, Absolutely Free, Jeffrey Lewis, and many, many more. There will be art by Sherry Boyle and Jen E. Norton, plus dance, print, multimedia, and much more. Visit kazookazoo.ca for ticket and schedule info, and do not miss Kazoo Fest in Guelph this April.
we're back at Long Night. Thank you, uh, everyone, once again for being on the program. We have a great show for you tonight. Now, we're introducing a brand new game today. It's called Celebrity Impressions on the Spot. <laughs> and what's going to happen is, amazingness is going to happen, I think. Uh, our contestants here, who we're going to all meet in just a moment, uh, we're going to randomly uh, draw a name from the hat. And these two are going to do their best to conjure the name selected. And then you are going to judge who did the better job of capturing that person's essence. And then the winner gets nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, first of all, let's meet our, our contestants here. Uh, hi there, sir. What's your name? My name is Marcus. Marcus, where are you from? Uh, New Brunswick, St. John. Oh, nice. How about New Brunswick? That's... You know, my mother told me we had some loyal fans, but coming all the way from St. John to Long Night, that's pretty amazing. How long have you been in Toronto? Uh, since September. Here for school? Yeah, U of C. U of T. C? I thought you said C. No, T. Who thought he said C? Okay, so we'll dock some points off Marcus right away. Thinks he's going to U of Calgary, I guess? I don't know. Guy's disoriented. All right. Good. What are you studying? Uh, English. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, let's meet our, thanks for playing, Marcus. Let's uh, meet our next contestant. No, you, yeah, go ahead. Hi, I'm Jill. Hi, Jill, where are you from? Mississauga. Mississauga. James, do you mind giving her a little more microphone there just so she can, Jill, you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mississauga, Hello? is it not working? Is that what's going on? Benny, are you there? I'm here. Is it working? It's working, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Let's start over. What's your name? Jill. Oh, it's still Jill. Excellent. Nice, yes. to, uh, <laughs> nice to meet you, Jill. You're from Mississauga. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately? <laughs> Why would you disparage the fine town of Mississauga? <laughs> well, I mean, as Hidden Cameras wrote, Mississauga, goddamn. Oh, it's yeah. Boring. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Not a fan. Okay. And you work? You got a job? Yes. What, what do you do? Uh, I work in social media. I'm a what does that mean? You're one of these kids I'm taking work? I'm still trying to figure it out. You're one of these kids taking work from me, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I work in social media. <laughs> All right. Where, do you work for a company? Yes. Which one? You're uh, not answering. You're not being forthcoming. <laughs> I'm badgering. I, you're not being forthcoming. I work at an agency called Audio Blood. Oh, I know Audio Blood. Yeah. You're like a publicity company. Yeah, publicity, marketing, all that jazz. Sweet. Okay, cool. All right, then this is going to be, I can tell Marcus and Jill, this is going to be tough. So uh, how do we want to do this? Do you want one of them? No, that's not fair. I'm going to draw the name. And then you've got to, do you understand the, the rules? I think so, Because yeah. I just made them up as I was talking earlier. Okay, here's the name. Now, if you don't know the person, you have to do it anyway. <laughs> Damien Abraham of Fucked Up. Okay, so Marcus is going to do... <laughs> He's unbuttoning his shirts. He seems to be familiar with them. All right, go ahead. Do you want the mic? Um, again, you can do a vocal impression. You can do whatever you want. Capturing the essence. You have a mic cord. You need the cord. Oh, you're right. Yeah, sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You're just... Um. Also, you only have three seconds to do the impression. That's one of the new rules I just made up. Oh my god, okay, wow. All right, let's step in there. Okay, uh, am I allowed to move from the stage? Yeah. Realistic. Yeah. I hate summer, I hate summer, I hate summer, I hate summer, I hate summer. Wow. I hate summer. <laughs> Very 
Well done, Jim. Wow. Wow. All right, well, okay, let's ask the audience. Who here thinks Marcus won? Seriously, like there was applause. How is that even possible? He didn't do anything. He came here from New Brunswick for the show. And then Jill, who thinks Jill won? Congratulations, Jill. I'll tell you what, we'll try to rustle up some prizes. Thank you very much for being the first ever contestants for this stupid game I made up. Now get out of here. Thanks Thank you. Coming. We have our next contestants, please. Wow, that was a good, Jill was good. I thought Jill was good. Jill rules, I hear in the audience. All right, here we go, our next contestant. So why don't I start over here? No offense to you, sir. I'm just gonna start. What's your name? Jamie. Jamie, nice to meet you. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Toronto. From Toronto, born and raised? Um, born in Halifax, but raised in Toronto. Nice, a lot of maritimes left today. Okay, what do you do? I'm studying law at Queens. Nice, that's great. But I did go to Guelph. <laughs> oh, you went to the University of Guelph? Yeah. Oh, cool. What'd you do there? I studied biological sciences there. Wow, you're gonna be like a bio lawyer. That's the plan. I'll make like an action show for you there. All right, Jamie, right, Jamie? Okay, and what's your name? I'm James. Oh my God. <laughs> well, why would you do this to us? You got two people that basically the same name? What am I supposed to do here? The audience is gonna be confused. I'm already confused. I'm All also right. confused. James, what do you, oh, and your name is James too. We have two Jameses on. Oh, well. James, uh, what do you do? I am a student speech language pathologist, so I can help with that C and T thing. Excellent, that's great. Get a little help from Marcus a little bit later on, that's good. And uh, where are you from, did I ask you that? No, you haven't, I'm from Toronto. Oh, cool, so you did, where, where do you live? You live around here? Ossington Strip. Ossington Strip. Yeah. Is it a strip now? I, I, I wasn't aware it was a strip. You live kind of near there, I didn't think it was called it a strip. Used to, it, there used to be strippers there. <laughs> All right, so James is a stripper from Ossington. That's what we've learned. All right, let's draw a name here. Let's see how we do with this. I feel like these could have been folded better because I just have a paper cut. The applause lady just gave me the finger. Now, you did. I'm sorry, Linda, you're right. This is interesting. One of our guests today was meant to be and She was going to be here to present uh, a, a book that she'd written about Michael Jackson called she kind of flaked out. She didn't come. She told me there was traffic on the road that I was driving at the time she was sending the messages. And I would write voice text back, no, it's fine, I'm on the road, I'm, I'm gonna be fine. She's like, no. I'm like, I'm on literally the road that you're talking about. Why are you not coming to do my show? She was like, can we do it over Skype? And then I just stopped responding. Anyway, the interesting, this will be cut out of the podcast. You guys know you're on a podcast right now as well? I'll cut it out. I might leave it in. Kind of enjoyed that. It's very therapeutic. Michael Jackson is the name I drew. And Jamie and James, this is going to be great. Who wants to go first? How did, we should have had a rule about that. Men first. Men first, okay, Jamie says men first. All right, do you wanna do a Michael Jackson impression? Can we get um, some music? Because I know you guys were prepping some Michael Jackson stuff for the author that flaked out on us. <laughs> so hard, all right, does this? Oh! 
I can't do the moonwalk. Well, I'm gonna try. Oh! Can you try Thriller? Or do you have Thriller? Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna hand for James, everyone. I think that's the first time in the history of the show that the bicycles were thrown an impossible request. Like, no one knows how hard Michael ja Michael Jackson songs are hard, right? Black or white's not very hard. Black or white's not very hard. Sl Slash was on it, that's why. Um, but the other songs are difficult. So anyway, sorry. Good job. I thought that was good. All right, you got your work cut out for you. Do you need the mic? Jamie, in the black or white option, she chose white. That's what I learned there. That's clearly what happened, right? I'm not out of line to suggest that. That was interesting, Jamie, that was good. All right, let's, uh, let's do a poll for the audience uh, here. Who thinks that James won? And who thinks Jamie won? I think James is the winner. I think James is the winner. Congratulations, James. Thank you very much for playing. All right. Wow, I'm never gonna unsee that. That was, that was something else. Okay, who Amazing. do we have next? Our third couple didn't leave. I'm surprised. Oh yeah, sorry. It's more of a roast than a contest, I guess. I'm sorry. I'll try to behave. What's your name? Josh. Josh, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Oakville. Oakville. Oh, that place sucks. I agree. <laughs> what do you do in Oakville? Uh, I'm in high school. Oh, you're only in high school. How'd you get in here? I thought there were rules about it. It's all ages, right? Yeah, all ages. How old are you? 18. How'd you hear about uh, Long Night and Long... How'd you hear about Long Night? From coming to Long Winter before. Oh, okay, cool. You a big fan of the show? Yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on to the next... Contestant, what's your name? My name is Carrie Freak. Carrie Freak? Yes. It's available as a last name and I have it. Oh, so you like to accentuate that your last name is Freak. It's Freak. Okay, that's cool. What do you do? Where are you from, Carrie? Originally, I'm from the Dirty Dirty Schwa. <laughs> Got some Schwa love in the front. Nice. <laughs> nice. And where are you now? Here. I know where you are now. I meant like, what city? Are you in Toronto? Yes, I live near the river. The river? The river? Is that anywhere near the Strip? No, it's nowhere near the Strip. In fact, it took quite a while to get here. It, it's near the Don River. The Don River. Okay, cool. And what do you do? I work uh, in, in water. I work in water. In the river? I don't work in water, but I work about water. I'm sorry I asked any of these questions. All right, let's see what we have here. Okay, I got to do the draw here. All right. Are you enjoying the game thus far, Josh? Probably a big Jimmy Fallon fan or something. You're a young kid, you? I don't really like Fallon, in all honesty. That's a good, good answer. Oh, man. What do you think? Dude, who, who I, wrote these? 
The option, the, sorry, the option I drew was Truman Capote. <laughs> Chosen by our guest. Did you invite your mom? Jesse Brown. Your mom probably doesn't actually. Jesse Brown, pick this name, be careful what you say. One of our guests. You guys, you don't know what I even said, do you? You think it's the... I know of him, I have no idea who he is though. He was the star of the Truman Show. Let's just move on. <laughs> okay, what do we got here? Now, I don't know if this is fair, because we had Michael, but now we have Janet Jackson. Do you Very know different impression. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Okay. Should we do it? Do you want to try that? Do you want me to try, try one more? There's like a... Should we try another name? Hey, this is it. We're running out of time for this fictional show that we do and that's on a real schedule. Okay, this one's super easy. You guys ready? Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Why don't you do an interpretive dance between Janet Jackson and Genghis Khan? You guys pick who's who, and we'll see, uh, wait, how do we pick the winner on that one? This is a stupid idea. One more. James, don't cherry pick the names. What are you doing? Let me just, Look this is, her. come on, we got a process here. People are watching this for crying out loud. This is probably being filmed by someone on their phone. Oh, this is interesting. A tornado. Okay, let's see. Let's see who does the best tornado. Please do you, don't hurt yourselves. Do you need any musical accompaniment? Do you guys know any? That's what you're getting. You need the mic? Now do your Damien Abraham. Can I take off my shirt? No, 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 no. That was really good. Good job. For those of you listening, uh, the dude just like ran around and stuff. All right, are you ready? Do you, you want the mic? Yeah. Tornado. I think I'm gonna do Janet Jackson as a tornado. That is a slight bending of the rules, but go forth. Go ahead. All right. I have to say that was rather amazing. I quite enjoyed that one. All right, who, again, your name again? Carrie Freak, why would I forget that? All right, Carrie Freak, okay, who thinks Josh won? Now who thinks Carrie Freak won? All right, I'm sorry Josh, but it looks like Carrie Freak beat you. How do you feel? Hurting. You're a little winded, aren't you? No, I just fell and actually hurt myself. Once again, we're not liable for any injuries suffered in celebrity impressions on the spot. Thank you very much. Get some help. Go to a doctor. Good night. All right, that's how you play celebrity impressions on the spot on Long Night. We'll be right back with David Hetty. Stay where you are.
This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Selma, Wild, Just Eat It, Still Alice, and more. Spend Oscar night at the E-Bar, where they'll be screening the 2015 Academy Awards broadcast starting at 7 p.m. And on February 25th, Governor General's Award winner Michael Harris is at Lakeside Hope House to read from and discuss his new book, The End of Absence. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. For more information about their hours, listings, blogs, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. We're back on Long Night. Thank you very much. How about another round of applause for our contestants in that uh, silly game? Great job. That was really great. I really enjoyed that. That was fun. All right, our first guest is a gifted and uncompromising stand-up from Canada whose latest album, It Was Okay, is available now, or will be available again. I think it's being re-released, sorry, by Stand Up Records. And he'll be performing here in Toronto at Vapor Central on February 15th. Please say hello. What? Is that a not a real thing? What? What? Are we in a Dr. Dre video all of a sudden? What did I? Is this a joke? I saw this on the internet. I thought it must be true. Okay, Vapor Central, February 15th. You gonna laugh at me again? I don't know what this means. Please say hello to David Hetty, everyone. No, Vich, they're laughing because, like, Vapor Central, it's like where they, they smoke up there. It's like a pot room. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what it was. Yeah, it is. It's still a great place for, for stand up, you know? I got it. I got the joke. I was in on it. I don't know. Anyway, if you want to, I only enjoy stand up when I'm stoned, so, because my mind slows down, you know? Not to. Prejudice, anyway. What's supposed to happen? But it's fucking, it's terrible. Why is this so goddamn cold here? Anyway, hello. Hello. Okay. Um, Vish, yeah, Vish was talking quite a bit, a little bit about his uh, kid. And um, you, hear, you hear so few, uh, so, like, so few jokes these days uh, told about uh, strangling a kid. Um, <laughs> like, from, like, in the first person, you know? Like, uh, like for instance, um, so I was strangling this child, uh, and with his like, like dying last, you know, words, um, he said, "Tell a joke about your strangling me." Because, you know, on the one hand, you want to honor his life, right? Um, but then again, you know, like, you are not expert at comedy, so... My father, though, uh, he has lots of sort of, like, pre-cancer, like, all these growths all over his body, 
and uh, like I love my father and I only want the best for him, but like a small part of me cannot help but wait till it develops into full-blown cancer, you know, because then for whatever reason, like given our political climate, like that's when I will be allowed to tell my cancer jokes, you know. I don't make the rules, you know, I don't, I don't. But good news though, you know, the, uh, the, the love that I made, the sex that I had last week was in fact consensual, you know. Because um, you, can't, you can't always tell, you know. Um, she was like far younger than she needed to be, you know, and uh, dr drunker than I was. And it was terribly cold though, and I was like, you know, you, you don't want to send someone home like that. And I said, there's a couch, but, because consent, I don't know, I don't know, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like unclear, or, or I don't, I, I think it very, you know, like, no, no, no isn't no, it's yes is yes, and you can't, I don't know, I th I, you can't stop any time, which I think is ridiculous, I think you can, you, you, you don't stop, you can't, you know, you don't stop, you can't, you can't stop at any time, you know? Like there have been times when I've, you know, the mood has escaped me, you know, or I've come, or whatever, you know? <laughs> but you see it through, you know, because you've made this compact. You're not like a fucking animal, you're a person, you're a society, you know? So you've, you fuck it through, you see it out, as a person. I remember there was a kid sort of learning and hearing that when uh, you, you masturbate, um, your dead relatives, like uh, they're watching or they can see you or something like this. And then so whenever, uh, I would do it. Um, I would do it with a sign beside me um, saying, everyone's doing great. <laughs> I think that the, dumb, the dumbest thing I ever did though was I, I slept with a girl who had actually sort of had a kid, you know, had like, to completion, you know, and because uh, I don't want to be a father, and I think I think that if I had to do it again, if I had if I had to, if I had to sleep with either her or my sister, I would I would choose my sister, um, because if she were to like become with child, there is no way that she would bring it to term, you know. <laughs> it's a terrible thing, though. It's a terrible thing when they execute uh, retards. You know, um, of course, like not nowhere near as terrible as when they uh, execute those who aren't retarded. Um, <laughs> when the comedy's going real well, it's like the, I'm not the one telling the jokes, it's like the universe working through me, you know, like as a... If there's one thing though I've learned throughout all my years of stand-up, it's that no one likes this next joke. <laughs> you know when, you know when you're beating your girlfriend and then out of your mouth inadvertently comes the name of your ex-girlfriend. And you're like, oh, Karen is the one I should be beating. 
you ask yourself who's beating care? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. I thought it was all Valentine's theme, you know, that's what I was, that's what I was told. I think it's not like a resolution, it's not like a, like a resolution, but I think for the new year, more of a wish, like what I would like is just like less eye contact with the homeless, you know? <laughs> I don't think I'd say a bad person if it, were, if it were just to happen, you know, if it were, if it were just to happen. I recently joined the, uh, Toronto's Gay Straight Alliance, we uh, go around the city beating up the bisexuals. <laughs> I'm thought of as like a dark comic, you know? But like the fact of the matter is there's a, there's a lot of hope. You just have to look to the setup. That's where the hope is, you know? <laughs> There's a big difference, so there's a big, there's a big difference between coming out of your mother's vagina and you know, coming into your mother's vagina. Both of which, <laughs> are beautiful, you know, in their own respective ways, you know, because it's home, you know, and, uh, and you get the best of both worlds. Uh, you get the unconditional love of a mother, and you get to fuck. <laughs> I think that's what, I think, I think that's, you know, because I think that that's a bright, that's a, a good, anyway, no one knows my mother, you know, it's a very incestuous uh, Toronto art scene. That's the problem, really. <laughs> you don't realize that right now, but that was your favorite joke of the evening. <laughs> I've been treating this kid, though, who's not doing very well at school. He's in grade four, but he reads at a grade two literacy level, and he's got a bad attitude to boot. Um, the last time I went to see him, he told me that my hair was kind of messy. And I said, so what? <laughs> uh, you can't read. 
It wasn't easy though. I, it wasn't easy. I remember asking my mother, uh, you know, what happens after we die, and she said, uh, "Daddy goes to jail." <laughs> All right, so that's okay. You're okay with it. If I'm the victim, it's okay, you know. <laughs> anyway, I feel like my time is up, and uh, so thank you for you know sitting in the cold, and uh, thanks very much, Vish, and like you know, long night. David Hetty, everybody. Another round of applause for David Hetty. Thank you, David. That Thanks, was wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. You can follow David uh, at David Hetty on Twitter. It'll be pleasant for you. It'll be good. You do good stuff. Huh? Never mind. We're going to go to a quick commercial. And when we come back, Jesse Brown will be joining us. Thank you for being here. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. And we're back on Long Night, everybody. Thank you for sticking around. How about another hand for uh, David Hetty? David Hetty did some stand up there. Thanks for being on the show again, David. I enjoy it. You, well, good. Yeah. Thank you. David's actually uh, uh, was on the season uh, show, actually the uh, series premiere of uh, Long Night, and uh, and it was a fun time then. <laughs> it became a fun time now. It was good. DavidHeady.com for more information about David. I also want to mention that our next episode is March 13th, and our guests thus far are celebrity chef Zane Kaplansky, who... I did, I did a show there, too. You have a show at the deli? I, we did. We did a Movember fundraiser. Oh, yeah. nice. You did a Movember fundraiser. Yeah. Well, that must have been interesting. Cool. Was it, did it go well? It was delicious and hilarious. It was actually quite good, actually. Nice. Yeah, nice. Well, he, Zane has been on the show before as well. And we're still working it out. Um, the show is going to be on during Toronto Sketch Fest, when a lot of high-rolling, funny people will be around. So we might try to get some of them uh, here. But also on the show uh, scheduled thus far, Don Pyle of Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet. The applause lady is over the moon. That's great. Yeah, Don's going to be on. And uh, yeah, more to come. More to come. All right, our next guest is an independent broadcast journalist and the host of the popular, acclaimed, media-scrutinizing and news-breaking podcast, Canada Land. We're thrilled he could join us tonight, so please put your hands together for Jesse Brown. Nice to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Now, before we get into the inception of Canada Land, I want to ask about your work history a little bit, because it's become something of a bone of contention as it pertains 
to some of the media outlets that you have been scrutinizing. Um, which major media companies have you actually worked for in this country? Um, I, I worked for, I guess, uh, TVO, McLean's, CBC, and then, I mean, I, I was a freelancer for 15 years, so you know, you, I wrote a few articles for the Globe and Mail. I wrote a little bit for the National Post. I, was, I wrote one article for Vice in their first glossy issue. I, I had a column in Saturday Night. I don't know. I, okay, I, a bunch of I, stuff. I, I gigged around for a while, yeah. And so how many of these companies have now been the subject of Canada Land, do you call them probes? <laughs> I, I don't call them probes. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable too. Yeah. But, uh, how many of these have been subjects of Canada Land discussion or stories? I mean, I, not numerically, but... Yeah, I guess all of them that still exist to, to, to varying extents, right. yeah. Okay. Now, Toronto Life, I did a thing on them. So yeah, a lot of people who used to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when I was eliminated from CBC, I started my own interview podcast, Creative Control, both because I wanted to and also because I came to realize that you know people at the company told me stuff, uh, like people who told our department podcasts were dead. You know, new media wasn't going to work. And so I wanted to start something because of that, almost. And you know, anytime I had any minor success, it felt like a little bit of re revenge. Like, petty, like a petty side of me was like, oh, you know, my show actually did okay. Is any aspect of Canada Land revenge for you? Yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> can we, okay, can we, is this the part where we trash talk the CBC a little well, bit? Well. They used to have, out of the top 20 podcasts, like 18 were CBC, and now there's like one. Right. And because they didn't care. Right. And everybody cared about them, and everybody listened to their podcasts, and they, and they, they neglected the space. And that's they couldn't monetize it, is what I always heard. Yeah, but, but did, did you hear how they tried? They used to have like a Chevrolet ad, like, and it was like the Chevrolet ad. It wasn't the hosts, you know, and I guess that would be weird yeah, too to yeah. have a CBC host doing a Chevrolet ad. Yeah. But like, we've all heard it. We've all heard on This American Life, you get somebody who sounds like Ira Glass, but not Ira Glass, right. to say like, this is brought to you by, you know, you, you make it sound like the podcast. So angry, you're so angry. I'm very angry. No, but I, I don't know. Yeah, there's revenge, there's bitterness. I also love the place. I love public Me too. broadcasting. Me it's, too, yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's. It's, it's not like if you used to work at the post office, it's like, get over it, do something else. Because, you know, if you're there, you love it. You know, you want to do that kind of work. And, you know, you, you feel like you're fighting. And you're surrounded by really wonderful, creative, talented people who want to do that. That was just it. There was a disconnect between my daily work environment and the day I was told, you know, someone looked at the budget line and the thing you're in charge of isn't doing so well, so we're going to have to eliminate your position. And I think, were you in a similar... The thing that I was doing was doing well when I got. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> but so you, they just didn't like you. I think that's it. But why wouldn't they like you? you There's so like many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Seem like a nice enough guy. I don't understand why this. Uh, so uh, why did you start the show then? I, I kind of gave you a background about why I wanted to do something. Why did you start your show? This thing that we've just done for a couple minutes of like bitching and moaning, um, mixed with idealism and like, oh, if only I could do it my way, I would do it this way. That's the conversation I had with every journalist, not just CBC. Yeah. Everyone in every organization after work would be like, did you hear that they did this and they made the stupid decision there and that story got mutilated and, and then like, oh man, if I was running this place, this is what I would do. So it was like a mixture of gossip and, and you know, kind of reporting and information sharing and also like, what it should be, you know? And that was the conversation that I was having over the course of 15 years, every time I would have a meal or drinks with anybody I knew who worked in Canadian media. And then when you would say like, well, why don't we do something about this? People like, ah, nobody cares. 
Like, well, we obviously care. We're obsessed. You I mean, know? people seem to care. It seems like uh, in America there are a bunch of watchdog media shows, and we don't. We didn't really have one. Is that? Would you say? Was there anything close to what you're doing already in existence? I, I don't think there was anything that was dedicated to, to looking at the media. And I mean, it's been the most exciting thing has been it, it going from this thing that where I was told repeatedly nobody cares about this to like it's the hottest beat in the country right now. And I'm not just talking about my work. Yeah, like, yeah. Lots of people suddenly are covering media stories, and whether it's, you know, Leslie Roberts, her son goes out of business, this, that, this, the, the Stars HPV story. Yeah. There are tons of fascinating stories about the Canadian media. And I always thought, like, we're not actually boring here. We just think we are, and therefore we present ourselves as boring, and then it becomes boring. But, but you, you know, as it's actually corrupt and right. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you as an independent uh, journalist, can you know you're not you don't seem to fear burning bridges i imagine it would be difficult for other media or they at least would contend that it would be more difficult for them to engage in these kinds of discussions without seeming you know like they're being petty in some way i think that if you're standing in a place where there's all these wonderful glorious glowing bridges that are stretching out in front of you to all kinds of wonderful places you would not burn them down i was not standing in such a place yeah no i gather that <laughs> you <laughs> I'm sorry, is that, you're a dad, right? You're a, I am. You're a dad like I'm a dad, so I'm still about diplomacy on some level. I'm a chicken shit. Um, I don't want to offend too many people. I feel like some other people are like that too. In Canada, uh, we have this rap of being very polite. Are we polite? Are we too polite? Are we spineless? Why don't we want to speak up and talk about these things until someone like you decided you would do it? I think it's just practical. I don't think, like, people like to talk about the Canadian psychology and the, yeah, the yeah. colonial, this and that. No, it's a small country. We all bump into each other. The, you know, the industry we work in is getting smaller all the time. The person, you know, who you cover or slag or criticize one day, you're going to be asking for a job from them. So yeah, exactly. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's like they're practical reasons not to talk trash about each other's work. And that, you know, there's a nice side to that. And, and in most professions, that's just like what you do. You don't, you know, like if you're a gentleman, you don't talk publicly, to, you know, but we are in in the media, the business is talking about stuff. We apply scrutiny, especially in news journalism, to important institutions. So to not do it to journalism, well, we've seen what happens when you don't apply it to journalism. Bad stuff can kind of fester, you know? <laughs> it seems what, 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 what about, what about the sort of the, you know, the, the speaking or not speaking about those who may or may not, in fact, show up onto your show who you, who you booked? How does that play into the whole polite Canadian sort of... You mean uh, when I was making fun of the yeah, woman? Yeah, like, like at like 10 seconds of material, you were like, oh, this other individual. Yeah, I am not a gentleman, clearly. I mean, I guess the long and the short of it. I thought it was funny to kind of make fun of it. I mean, it's part of your thing, like this would be kind of funny to go after these people. I mean, I, I, it's not that, like, I, I think there's humor in all this stuff. <laughs> but I'll say this, the flip side of the politeness is like, at, at first people are like, oh, it, it, it does put you off that, 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 you know, there's criticism. And then there's a certain point where people start to like it. You're like, oh yeah, I, I can get people on the show now that I couldn't get before, and it's not because I've, I'm going easier on anyone. Like you must get a sense of your positive and your negative feedback, no? I mean, yes. So. Yeah, I, I, it's, I can't tell the difference anymore. I'm like a child who doesn't know the difference between good and bad attention, but it just keeps coming in, and a lot of the negativity is from people who actually support the show financially, and it just seems like it's all kind of of a piece, and it's, I mean, I'm painting a giant bullseye on my chest every day, so I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm inviting that kind of criticism. Okay. Now, just before you and the Toronto Star broke the Gian Gomeshi scandal, he posted that infamous message on Facebook asking people not to believe a freelancer with an axe to grind against him, and as far as we know, he was referring to you. Um, why would he have said that? 
He was preparing to, uh, he thought that the expose was going to come out on my site and not on the Toronto Star's website. He had heard that the Toronto Star had dropped the story. The Toronto Star did drop the story. Mm -hmm. And it was only back at the Toronto Star because he posted that Facebook post. So, I mean, there's a, there's a backstory here that people can, can look up if they want to, but it's, it's a crazy story. He heard me on my podcast promise that I had this monster story coming out. And knowing, you know, we'd already gone to him for comment, and he right, already denied right, everything. Right. So hearing on my podcast that I had this monster story coming out, Gameshi thought, okay, this is it. Brown is going to expose me on his podcast. And therefore, he, he went and, you know, posted this Facebook post. Preemptively. Preemptively, trying to get ahead of me and my podcast. Who is this guy? He's a freelancer with an axe to grind. And I guess the, the idea would have been maybe to sue me and discredit me, and then tell other media, like, don't pick up the story. But I wasn't talking about him. Right. I was talking about a different monster story about Terry Molesky and Glenn Greenwald, which obviously I think it's a monster story, but it hasn't become a monster story. But I, was not, I wasn't talking about the guy, but he was listening to my podcast and he thought it was about him. And he would probably still be on the air right now and interviewing celebrities and doing whatever he was doing in his private life had it not been for that mistake that he made listening to my show. It's, it's crazy. I can't, I can't get over it the more. <laughs> like, I, I still haven't reconciled myself to that that's how it happened. But you worked on Q or you worked? No, I, I, I did a couple. I was there like as a tech journalist at the CBC um, doing a couple stories on Q. I did like two stories. And did you like him? I didn't know him. I, 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 like, he didn't like, want to look you in the eye or talk to you before or after the segments. And I didn't really make anything of it. I didn't like him because he had sexually harassed my friend. That's why I didn't like him. Right, and you knew this. You were sitting on this because you couldn't. You had to substantiate it, obviously. Well, I wasn't sitting on that. That was just something that happened back then. And I said, oh, you should probably go tell somebody about that. And she wasn't prepared to at the time. And then, it, like, a part of this whole thing that everybody's experiencing in the wake of that is like, oh, yeah, I normalized that in my mind. I was never thinking, like, oh, one day I'm going to expose him for this. It was just like, oh, yeah, there's this guy there who's, like, become famous who sexually harassed my friend. And I guess that's just normal. And it wasn't. And maybe I should have done something. But... No, I mean, it was only because another woman came to me you know, and, 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 uh, and said that much more serious things had happened and she wanted to, to you know, and, and then I found other people and yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's why it happened. Yeah. Now, you've been critical of the Sun News Network. Today they announced they were done, basically. <laughs> when you criticize a public figure or corporation for behaving in a questionable manner, are you ultimately hopeful that they'll make improvements or do you actually want them to fail? <laughs> I, I'd love it if things got better, but I think it's dangerous when you start to think about like, I'm gonna expose this news story so that this will happen. You know, I, I think that if you're doing journalism, you're trying to tell the truth about what's happening in the area that you cover, if you're, if you're focused on outcomes, then you become like an activist and not a journalist. So, you know, um, I think it's wonderful when the, you know, the practice of, of, of shedding light on things creates positive outcomes, you know, as it did with the Gameshi story. I mean, the positive outcomes there, which I take no credit for, are beyond my wildest dreams, the conversation that that started in this country. Um, being critical of Sun, I did not hope that Sun goes out of, I, I hope that Sun would, would, would be better. I, wait, I, I wait, was hopeful, I think we had this room for a conservative voice, like why, why can't we have a conservative station? I just wish it was a better station. I'm glad they employed journalists. I'm sorry those people lost their jobs. I had big problems with the content. Wait a minute, wasn't there a post on your site today that was something like, the title was, why everyone at Sun, Net, Sun News Network deserved to be fired? Totally, there was a post by... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, that was by a guy... I just wanna do a callback to what you said five seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> So this is something that I'm, I, I'm, I'm struggling to kind of, because, and I understand I'm to blame for this because it's called Jesse Brown's Canada Land, but I'm now publishing stories by a number of different right, people. Right. So this was something that um, 
Omar, and this is the first time we've published him, so I think it's Moed, but I'm, it's failing me his last name. But you know, he, he wrote. Go ahead. Wallum. Wallum. Wallum um, wrote, and and he's a, uh, a journalist who. Is that that freak lady again? <laughs> One of our dance contestants, or whatever the hell I was doing earlier. I I, I have to apologize to Omar because it was it was uh, you know uh, the editor of the site, Sean Craig, who I'm working with. He found he. Oh, he okay, okay, so yeah. Anyhow, we published. It was a, a position that I don't agree with, but I think it's a valid position. Oh, which I was, see. So that, that's interesting. The way you're going to redo your site now that you've got all these other contributors, because right now it's just like Jesse Brown's. Canada land and the posts come up and I just describe everything to you. I'm going to re redo the site for many, many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the site needs to be redone. Okay, yeah. now what was the purpose of Canada land's uh, crowd crowdfunding campaign? You did the Patreon campaign and I think some of, some of the people who follow you know that you did this for a particular reason and I wonder if you could talk about that reason and also update us on where you're at. Why did I launch a crowdfunding campaign? Yeah, yeah. For money. To what? Oh, sorry, David, do you want to chime in here and fix my stupid question? No, I just wonder, like, is there some idea that Jesse's responsibility is different than any other person's responsibility somehow? Like, than another news, another, uh, some, any, any other sort of... Uh, I think he's more outlet. responsible than you. No, but, okay, yeah, or should but, be held no, but to I'm a not greater being held to the same standards. Oh, okay, right. No, it's a totally fair question because I've still got my name there. It's like, this is my... If, if it was Michael Cook's Toronto Star, then you could say to Michael Cook, like, what the hell was with that? Well, you should say to Michael Cook, what the hell was with that? HBO that I'm just saying, if you go to his site right now and you scan the headlines, uh, there's, no, you know, there's, no there's no attribution to anyone else. There is. Unless you click on it. Yes, if you, yeah. So, no, I, I just mean, if you're looking at it, it, I just think it's you. There should be bylines on the front page. Yeah. Now we're just getting it's into weird idea. web stuff that I, just like critiquing your site. No, I know you wanted to raise money with your crowdfunding campaign, Mr. Sarcastic, but my question is, to what end? What did you want to do with this money? You had some very noble goals, I thought. Yeah, so, you know, you, you do crowdfunding and you say, if I get this much, so if I got, if I got a thousand bucks a month, I keep the thing going, because, yeah. you know, that would cover my costs. At $4,000 a month, that's my salary. And uh, I'm very close to reaching $10,000 a month. So once we get there, um, it's going to become the Canada Land Podcast Network. And we're going to launch a weekly politics show. There's also going to be uh, daily content from a variety of freelance journalists. But I think the main thing is, you know, to, to kind of call back to what we were talking about earlier, the sort of like ex-CBC thing. And I found out actually, it's also in the States, there's this whole Facebook network of, of ex-nippers, NPR people who, for whatever reason, aren't there anymore, and they're still obsessed with the place and what, what should change there. It's just yeah. common to public broadcasters. Because it's not like in public broadcasting you can go get a job at the other public broadcaster, you know? So anyhow, um, I'm trying to make the other public broadcaster, I guess. I mean, it's, it's a, okay. a bit of the NPR model of a mixture of listener support and, and sponsorship. But I, I'm tired of, of kind of crying in my beer about what they should be doing on public broadcasting. So with the, with the introduction of a politics show and then hopefully many more shows, um, and there's just so many talented, amazing broadcasters and journalists I know who are just, like, they're just begging these bureaucrats for permission to make excellent shows that they have every ability to make. Right. And when you don't have to ask bureaucrats to do it, then you, you can do things like creative control and other people can do other things. And now I think I've got a model where you could actually, you know, make a living doing that. And yeah. if, it, if that continues to do well, then I, I hope to do that again and again, you know, for as long as it works. I mean, I was really inspired by what you had done with your Patreon campaign. And as of this afternoon, you have 1,905 patrons and you'd raised 
$9,537.25, whereas I, after following your lead, have 28 patrons and have raised $150 a month. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna announce right now that I'm quitting my show. I, doesn't seem to be a lot of demand for it. Do you want, do you want some, some friendly advice? Yeah, I do. You love doing your show, right? Yeah, more than anything, really. Except my daughter. And we love, we love the show. You have to threaten to kill it. Yeah, I can't do it, because I feel like, what, David, you're gonna Ask say- Jesse something? for some of the money that he's received. <laughs> hey, is you can't say, oh, I love making the show, I'm gonna do it no matter what, can I have a little bit of money? I, you have to say, I'm gonna kill the show, I, That's even going to be more it. embarrassing. I'm already embarrassed by this stupid thing. This guy in the audience, Colin, told me I should do this. And I'm like, I don't think it's really that much resonance. And now I feel embarrassed. But I like doing it. And uh, I just feel like if I say I'm going to kill it, and then I keep doing it, I'm going to look like an idiot. Because I have an innate need to make this thing and talk to people. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Okay, that's, there's a fallback. Okay, so if it's not the stick, it's got to be the carrot. If you're not willing to threaten to kill the thing, and you have to mean it, if, if, and I understand, you know, I had the same fear. It's like, what if I say this and then nobody gives me any money and I still want to do it? You yeah. Know? Well, that's kind of embarrassing. Um, then you have to promise something wonderful. <laughs> and it already is wonderful, but you have to promise double wonderful. Yeah. And if you get the money, you're going to do something that it's going to have unicorns. It's got to have, there's got to yeah. be something. So yeah. that's my friendly advice. Okay, I appreciate that. it's a that. great show and people love it. So, you know. Thanks. A small number of people. No, no. Yeah. We, uh... We don't have a lot of time. In fact, we're almost out of time. What's next on Canada Land? Can you give us some exclusive about what's coming up on the show? Yeah, I mean, the next episode is going to be, I, I hope, the definitive take on... I mean, like, I, I know that we've kind of... The whole news cycle thing bugs me, but the Stars HPV thing, like, those of us who are on Twitter all the time, we know the story's being discredited, but a lot of people here may have heard a little bit about it. A lot of people here may have read the story that there's a dark side to this Gardasil vaccine, and it introduces a little doubt in your mind that maybe you're not going to get vaccinated, you know, or, or, or have your daughter vaccinated, and then people can get cancer. It's terrible that yeah. that story ran. Right. So I spoke to uh, Julia Belouz, who is the, uh, the journalist who was told by Michael Cook, the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Star, stop gargling our bathwater when she asked him questions about that story. Stop going over our journalism. Stop asking me questions. Stop gargling our bathwater. Go and draw a bath of your own. So I spoke to her Stop about... Stop gargling our bathwater. I mean, I, I have to say... I, 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 what is know, he, I, a 1920s prospector? Who talks like that? No, he's like a 1950s newspaper man. And I kind of love the guy for my limited exposure to him during the Gameshi story. He's right. like a Fleet Street hack, you know? And he, okay. he actually talks that way. I kind of love it. But it's an incredibly belligerent way to respond to somebody who just wants you to be held accountable for the terrible, destructive misinformation yeah. that you published on the front page of the biggest newspaper in the country. So we're going we're gonna to exhaustively talk about that. A story which Kevin Donovan still defends. He stands by the story. And you guys were partners on the Sean Gomeshi thing. Very briefly. I don't know if we're... I don't think anyone can be friends with this guy. I think you'll come back a few months later. I, I think... I, I'm glad you're on the show. And it was really nice meeting you and you're doing really great work. So thank you, Jesse Brown, for being on the program. Thank you. You can... Uh, you can get more information about the show at canadalandshow.com. You can follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Brown. And the Patreon is patreon.com slash... Canadaland. Canadaland. There you go. We'll be back in a few moments with Lisa Conway. Stick around. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse.
If you enjoy the Creative Control podcast and want to support it with a monthly pledge, please visit patreon.com slash creative control. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash creative control with two k's. You can pledge $1 a month or $4, $8, $30, $50, $100 a month, whatever you want. There are gifts and incentives to pledge. But more than anything, you can keep the show going. There's no other revenue stream for this podcast. I've been doing it for my own fulfillment and to contribute something to the culture. But I think it's time to see if I can generate some kind of salary from all of this work. So, if you appreciate Creative Control, again... Please consider pledging a monthly amount. All of the info you need is at patreon.com slash creative control. Thank you. Okay, we're back. All right. How about another round of applause for Jesse Brown, everyone? Jesse Brown. Thank you very much. All right, our final guest this evening is a wonderful singer, songwriter, and musician from Toronto. She plays in the band Del Bell, who are playing in Toronto tomorrow night as part of the Wavelength Festival. This summer, she's releasing a new seven-inch single under the name Elcon, and I'm so happy she's here to sing a couple of songs. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, please make some noise and pay attention to Lisa Conway. to say that um, I feel very lucky to be singing with these two wonderful ladies, Mary Wood and Isla Craig, who both 
make wonderful music on their own as well. And thanks to Vish for having us. We're going to do just one other really short piece. And I have records, but it doesn't sound like this. <laughs> but it's still, it's still good. It's still amazing. <laughs> Come find me. Come find me. Lisa Conway every day. <laughs> Guide, light, shining from shore, despite waters wild and winds howling. information about Lisa, go to Elcon on the internet.tumblr.com or follow her on Twitter at Lisa Machine. That's our show. I want to thank O.L., Ben, Dave, Linda, James, the Bicycles, all of our guests and the entire Long Winter crew. We'll see you March, the, March 13th. Thank you. Go to torontolongwinter.com for more information. Good night, everybody. Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com. 
and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.